Welcome to The Wonder, exploring perspectives, rituals, and observances of modern naturalistic, earth-revering, pagan religious paths. Here are your hosts, Yucca and Mark. Welcome back to The Wonder, science-based paganism. I'm your host, Yucca. And I'm Mark. And today we are talking about the holidays, with a capital H there. So the relationship with the larger society and cultural expectations, family members with perhaps different religious views and backgrounds, and just thinking about and dealing with all that stuff this time of year. Yeah, and and some things you can do to kind of keep yourself centered and feeling good and to support yourself at this time of year. And we'll get to that when we get to it. Right. So, and it's, it could be an intense time of year. There's a lot of different holidays happening. It's a time of year often when there's families are getting together when they might not throughout the rest of the year. Different families have very different relationships and some families are the, you know, we see each other every Friday evening and others are, now oh, we see each other at Christmas and Thanksgiving, right? Um, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that can have, that can have a lot of emotions around it. Some positive, mm-hmm. some not positive. I know whenever I get back together with my siblings, it's like we're kids again. The dynamics, like ah. <laughs> we're all grownups, but the dynamics just go back to like being children or teens in our parents' house again. And so it can be kind of intense. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I really notice is that especially, and of course I don't do this anymore, but for a long time, uh, there, there was a time like when I was in college there were like those two days when we were expected to be a family. Mm-hmm. Even if we loathed one another, mm-hmm. we were expected to be a family on Thanksgiving and on Christmas. And uh, it was very tense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, I always kind of wondered, well, who are we doing this for? And none of us seem to be enjoying it, but <laughs> we're, <laughs> Um, we're all going through the motions of doing this thing because uh, because there's an expectation, either a societal expectation or, you know, some picture in the mind of parents, whatever it is. Right. So, yeah, you can find yourself kind of roped into engagement with people whose values are very different than yours, mm-hmm. whose worldview is very different than yours. And, and who of, may not be mm-hmm. very tolerant of your perspective or even interested in what your perspective is. Right. And that may be happening also, maybe not from family, because it can also be a really mm-hmm. isolating time of year when if you don't have that relationship with your family or you don't have family and it's a time of year in which there is so much focus on the oh getting back together with your family but you don't have that relationship right and you have decided that you're not going to engage for your well-being 
or there aren't people there for you on that, that can be really isolating. But then you can also be expected to be going to the office parties or that this, you know, it's, there's just so many different directions where people can be having these, these pressures and intense feelings from. Right, right. And let's not forget, meanwhile, it's dark and mm -hmm. cold and wet in many places. And so there's just an awful lot that can really conspire to 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 really put stresses on your mental health mm -hmm. and you know to, to kind of pressure test your your self-care and your and your your personal practices mm -hmm. that you do in order to be balanced and happy and and centered in yourself right so yeah, let's talk about some of the things that people can do. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I think a, a first step with whatever whatever somebody's situation is 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 thinking about what your own values are and what what's most important to you. Because there is when dealing with other people, there's going to be a diplomacy piece, right? Yes. You know, what are what are the points where you are going, the things that you are wanting out of it, and what are the things that you're okay on compromising on, and just trying to figure that out before you go into the situation so that you can be prepared to be able to make a more conscious choice when things do come up, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, and, and there are, there are circumstances that conspire to sometimes make that more difficult, mm -hmm. like the fact that often people are drinking or you're drinking, and so your inhibitions may be a little bit lower, and you're at the office party, and you're having an interesting conversation, and you're excited about your non-theist paganism, your atheopaganism, mm -hmm. and so it just sort of comes into the conversation, <laughs> um, and then you suddenly realize you're talking about religion in the workplace and you're talking with someone whose opinions on that score you really don't know. It's, it's just important to be really self-aware about the choices that you're making, about who you're disclosing your practices and beliefs to. And if that's really what you want to do and what your hoped for outcome is in doing that, whether it's just to be seen or whether in the case of a family member, it's to be affirmed in your choice of path. There's a lot of different outcomes. Right. And we have to be careful. Yeah. And also thinking about what, what you are comfortable participating in and not and on what, you know, are mm -hmm. you, for you, does it, does it matter if you go to the your family's tradition and you go through the motions and the prayers or whatever and where do you fall on that so is is it okay for mm -hmm. you to just go through the motions of it and know that you have a different take on it than they do or is it something that is important to you that you not do and that you figure out how to step out during those moments or you know just kind of thinking about that ahead of time right yeah like in my case for example i i'm not you know if i'm a guest somewhere else 
I'm not going to get in their way if they want to say a grace of some kind to their God during a meal, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to bow my head and close my eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm just, that's, that's kind of where I, I put it. I'm, you know, great. You guys do that. I'm not participating in it. It'll be over in a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's where I draw that line. Right. Other people may be like, well, okay, I'll close my eyes. I'll bow my head and I'll just wait for their stuff to get over. With. <laughs> um, yeah. That's okay. That's okay too. You know, it, it's a matter of, um, first of all, of what are the likely consequences mm -hmm. of making those different choices? If somebody's going to jump all over you because they peaked and saw that you weren't bowing your head and closing your eyes, um, then maybe discretion is the better part of valor <laughs> there. Maybe that's, maybe that isn't the particular hill to die on, mm -hmm. but but we have to have integrity within ourselves too, right? I mean, if you're not a Christian, you don't want to pretend to have, you don't want to have to pretend to be one. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly all right. And uh, unfortunately, one of the things that happens in many families is that the families are more oriented around obedience and authority than they are around affirming the members of mm -hmm. that, of, of the family. And that's a very sad situation, and it's a harder one to negotiate. Right. And again, it's it's thinking about where you stand with that, because you know mm -hmm. somebody else doesn't have that answer for you, right? Mark or I can't say yeah. this is what you should do, because we're not you, right? We don't know what it feels. Stand like. up and march out of the room, <laughs> right? I don't know. Right? I will not. What is? I it? will not participate in this nonsense. And it also might change, right? Because yeah. we change, the relationships that we have with people change, you know, where, where are we at? Where, you know, were you sick the week before? And so your emotional regulation is maybe not what it normally is, or, you know, there's so much right. to consider with that, right? And so there's, I, I mean, I would just encourage compassion with ourselves for that. And with with other people around us as well, knowing that, you know, it can be really emotional for them as well, even if we don't yeah. believe, you know, I know certainly there are people who I know who, and even some family members, some of my non-pagan family members who, you know, they really do believe that the choices that I'm making are going to end up hurting me, right? Because they really do believe uh -huh. in like the framework of the, you know, heaven and hell and there being an ultimate good and evil and, you know, and I certainly don't, obviously don't agree with them on that, but I can be, yeah. I can still be understanding about how that might feel to them, right? And be aware sure. of how they might be feeling in the way that I respond to them. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to change my beliefs, but knowing no. when I'm interacting with them about how real and potent those feelings can be. And right. how right. I disagree with it, but I think it's coming from a good place, even if I think they're wrong. But, you know. Well, and, and particularly because in those religious traditions, a part of the whole package is you're supposed to make other people believe the same thing you do. Yeah. Which is really not our approach. Our approach is much more, no, your job here living this this life that you were, you know, through astronomically unlikely odds awarded 
is to be you in the fullness of who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And that means that you get to decide for yourself what kind of spiritual path you have if you want to have one. And you get to decide for yourself what you conclude about the nature of the universe. Mm -hmm. And if you take an evidence-based, critical thinking, science-based approach, you will draw different conclusions than someone who thinks that there is a cosmic authority that is going to judge them. Mm-hmm. And it's going to judge you, whether you believe in them or not. Right. So compassion for them, I mean, most of them, I believe, mean well. Some of them are just very angry that someone will disagree with them because they find it threatening. Right. And there's not much you can do about that. Yeah, there, there really isn't. Just try and other, take other it than just to kowtow. Yeah, other than just to you know completely knuckle under and go. Okay, I'm going to go through the motions of all of your rituals, and I I don't think that as people of integrity we really want to do that. Mm-hmm. It might be, it might be the easiest and safest choice for you, and I'm not ruling that out. I'm not pushing that off the table because I don't know what your situation is. Right. But for me, there were always there were always adjustments that I could make that kind of communicated to myself, okay, I'm really not I'm not doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and maybe you draw the line on, well, I'm not gonna go to church, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do that with you. I'm I'm gonna do these other things, but I'm not gonna go to church or temple or whatever it is. Right. Um, so it, it's very personal. And as Yucca says, really getting clear about what your values are and what's really important to you in this is essential. Because once you're on the train and it's moving, it's a lot harder to go way. Okay, <laughs> they're about to do a thing. How do I feel? I, I really don't want to do this, but Am I going to do this? (laughs) Yeah. And and there's so many different ways to handle it. Though what my family's doing right now is we've got little kids, right? So we have a seven and a five-year-old. And at home, and we're not shy about, you know, we don't go out and announce it to everybody. We're not shy about that. Yeah, we're pagan. And that's what we do. But we have family that have other traditions. So it's Hanukkah right now. So on my side, so they're mm-hmm, softa. Mm-hmm. We do Hanukkah with her every night, and we'll do the other throughout. You know, we're Sephardic and our background, and it's that's like a really important cultural heritage identity. And we'll go through all of it, right? The kids they're learning all the the Hebrew prayers and all of that, um, but we talk about it afterwards about that this is a this is about our cultural heritage. It's mm-hmm. not, like that we don't literally believe in this God figure, but many of our ancestors did. And this was important to them. And this is how they saw the world. And we get to be part of this heritage here. And then we do the same thing on their dad's side. Their their grandmother is not like real intense, but she's Christian. And we'll go and we'll do Christmas and do and participate in it from that way and try and just fully participate with the understanding that 
yeah, we're experiencing this and we're going through the motions of it and we're feeling the ritual and the power of it. But we aren't literally believing in like a dude in the sky with a beard, right? We're understanding <laughs> it as, as the power of ritual. And isn't it cool that we're right. part of this whole thing? And, you know, I think I think that there's value in that. And I even... I probably wouldn't be doing it as much if I didn't have kids because I kind of get overwhelmed being around people. But that was something that we did is when I was growing up, my father was raised Catholic and then decided that was not for him. He, he refers to being a recovering Catholic. <laughs> you never quite get away from that. But he would take us and we learned how to walk in and do mass and nobody would know that I wasn't a Catholic, right? And we went mm -hmm. through those and we went to other places and you know, different traditions. And I feel like that enriched me experiencing those things. Mm -hmm. And so I think mm -hmm. that there's opportunity times of the year like this. And this is, I'm not saying this is what people have to do, but this is one way to think about it is to go ahead and, and participate in it and just feel that, that connection and have your own take on it. But it doesn't need to be like a confrontation part. It's like, yeah, I, and I leave and then I go back to being my wonderful wild pagan in the desert. That's great. You know, uh -huh. for a moment there, I got, you know, I, I got to be doing the, the Christian thing or the Jewish thing or whatever. So, uh -huh. I really think a lot of this has to do with whether there is a history of suffering associated with, yeah. with that, that tradition. If there's, if there's been some kind of abuse, then and you feel victimized by that religious tradition, then I can it's really see the yeah. value in drawing a boundary and just saying, you know, this tradition was not good for me and I'm, I'm not doing it. Right. I'm just not doing it. And maybe some people get mad about that and maybe that's okay. Right. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's okay to live with, with someone's anger because anger is not the worst thing in the world. We, you know, we we're afraid of it because, you know, anger can escalate into various kinds of abuse and we don't want to be abused. So we tend to be afraid to be around people who are angry, but there are times when in order to stand up for ourselves, we have to set boundaries and other people will respond with anger and that's okay. That can really be okay. I mean, you can just say, I see that you're angry. I know you value this tradition. It was not good for me. I'm not doing it. Right. And it's okay if you've got kids to say, I don't want them to do, to be, to have that experience mm -hmm. either. Right. Like in, in my case, the grandmothers are not pushy about it, but if one was and was, uh -huh. and was saying, telling my kids, Hey, you have to believe in God or you're going to hell or things like that. It would be, it would be an absolute no for us. Uh -huh. But that in our situation, that's not happening. But if that was the case, for us, there would be a hard line. Of, nope, sorry. Yeah, I yeah. know. I know parents who have pagan parents who have kids that are not allowed to be alone with their grandparents. Right. For exactly that reason, because the instant that they that the kids are alone, the the grandparents start proselytizing about Christianity to them. Yeah. And. I mean, there's just all kinds of ickiness about that. But, you know, people that are grandparents and are really indoctrinated are unlikely to change. 
Right. So you just have to do what you can to protect your kids. And yeah. you have to set that boundary. Especially when it's coming uh, from someone who is a family, who's supposed to be a trusted family member. Yeah. Because right? we get who it from love. everywhere in around us in the culture. What's on what's playing on Netflix right now? You go there and this is, there's Christmas stories and the morals and mm -hmm. the all, you know, um, but but when it's even closer, it's it's harder, right? It's easier. Mm -hmm. At least I find as a parent to be like, okay, let's have a conversation about why do we see this all around us and what do these symbols mean and stuff. But when it's really coming from, yeah, but I'm supposed to trust, you know, nanny or whoever it is. It's different. It's harder yeah. to to do that. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, I mean that's something that I'm I'm honestly glad I don't have to negotiate. <laughs> it's. I mean, it, because I don't deal with my family, I wouldn't have to address any of that. But there are certainly plenty of people around in life mm -hmm. who have very strong beliefs and feelings, and they will let you know about them. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so you kind of Especially have to Especially when you didn't ask. Yes. <laughs> yes. So you kind of have to forearm even very young children with a sense of skepticism, which is healthy. Uh, you know, to learn how to think critically. Well, does that make sense to you? I mean, I know that somebody that you really love told you that, but that doesn't mean it's true necessarily. Yeah. You know, to, to kind of undermine that, that, you know, knowledge by dint of authority, that, that logical fallacy. Of course, it makes it harder as a parent. Because, <laughs> because they're going to be skeptical about your stuff too. Yes, which is uh, harder, but but a good, you know, kids teach us a lot they make you grow up i i, I think it's healthy honestly. it's good yeah i do it's like hey you know it, yeah i, mean, if they I, have a good I had argument, my oldest then... use the line back on me that that i had told her that it's it's okay that not everyone believes the same thing and then later when i was telling her about some of the behavior that she did was not appropriate she told me it's okay if <laughs> for not everyone to believe the same thing and i'm like i mean you got me there but uh -huh. it's still not okay to do that to your brother <laughs> and, okay uh -huh. so yeah there they'll turn it around on you so. uh -huh. well that's good it's you know it's a part of the individuation process they're becoming themselves yeah, <laughs> yeah. just negotiating that and that's I think that's the theme that we're really talking about this time of year is negotiating your your own feelings, feeling through what's going on with them, looking at your values and and that balance of what, you know, what are you going to do, right? And right, if, right. again, we don't have the this answer. Huge, yeah. this huge cultural juggernaut that gets unleashed at this time of year, every year around Christmas, particularly. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's unavoidable it's everywhere and so you know having a plan for how you're gonna deal with the, the situations where you have to rub up against that is a pretty useful thing to do i think yeah and some of those things may be 
very, very practical things, right? Some of them might be practicing grounding techniques that you've done and, and working with ritual symbols. And others may be things like, you know, being really strict about making sure that you're getting the amount of sleep that your body needs mm -hmm. and making sure that you, that you are eating the things that you know are going to make you feel good in the and not doing the things that won't because that's a really tough right. thing about this time of year um there's sugar and alcohol sugar everywhere. everywhere yeah and it's been like that for two months now right we say it's like yeah. flu season but it's also like well we kick it off with a holiday that's all about going around and getting candy right and then you have several weeks yeah. of all of this candy that's everywhere and even if you're not a kid going trick-or-treating like there's you go into the office and there's a bowl of m&ms there and there's a you know right. and then we have this holiday that is at least here in the united states thanksgiving which is about eating pies and sweets and cranberry yeah. sauce and all of that and then we go into december which is just cookies all month long and then we top it off with a night of <laughs> drinking ourselves senseless right like no wonder uh -huh. we're sick all the time and have h trouble yeah. with like big feelings we're just like eating all this stuff that is this it, like bouncing our metabolisms around yeah our sugars are spiking all over the place and you know maybe in a time period when we did need to fatten up for winter a little bit to survive that cold period coming that might have been had a more practical purpose but now it really serves to just have us wired all the time yeah yeah so. uh, and i mean i do think that there is a little bit of a sort of self-medication piece to that too in terms of you know when it's dark people can be more depressed mm -hmm. you know they can feel a little more bleak and a nice nice bounce of sugar gives them a temporary respite from that but the the repeated hammering of your pancreas yeah. <laughs> with with all of this stuff is that's something else entirely right and you know a lot of the stuff so, when you start thinking about it makes sense and this that that's why so many of these holidays this time of year are holidays about light they're festivals about yes. light and and you know they are often themed around that coming together and the closeness and the you know I mean, there's a beauty to it, right? Today, we've been talking more about the challenges around it, but it's also can mm -hmm. just be a really, there's, there's so many special, beautiful things about this time of year, but we just wanted to oh, yeah. address and be honest about the challenges as well, because that's a real part of it. Sure. And there are wonderful things about other people's traditions that we can enjoy. Like, I mean, I, I do not put amazing displays of lights outside my house but there are people who do mm -hmm. and they're pretty mm -hmm. you know driving around and looking at them is a fun thing you can do with your family and it's you know wow look these people went to all this effort to create this incredible <laughs> display of light and it's colorful and it stands out in the darkness and you know that's a very it's a very mm -hmm. cool thing something else that i wanted to talk about as sort of a practice is going stealth mm -hmm. if you if you really need to be in the the broom closet as they say with your family um wear a symbol under your clothes or carry a talisman in your pocket that symbolizes your your practice 
-hmm. something that you can bring with you that they don't know about, but you do. It's that you can have that kind of feeling of, yeah, I still got that, right? Yes, I've still got it with me, and they don't know about it, but it's still with me here right now. Um, This reminds me of of an, an unrelated story. I had a friend who was a pagan priestess actually and she she had this thing that she would do where she had these red lacy panties <laughs> she would wear to job interviews mm-hmm. so you know under her clothes obviously but she would wear these sexy red panties under her clothes and the whole point of that was well i know something you don't know nice you know you're you're in you're interviewing me you're grilling me about why i should get this job well there's still stuff that you don't know about me and that gave her a sense of empowerment in these job interviews. So, you know, that was great. I like Uh, that. A very, very simple sort of ritual practice. Hmm. Yeah. 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 So similarly, you know, if you've got, like I wear a sun tree symbol all the time. (laughs) The one that I got at the sun tree retreat last year, I just wear it all the time. And, but I don't wear it out in the work meetings. I don't, uh, you know, it's under my clothes, but it gives me that feeling that my community and my practice and my tradition are with me at all times. And you'd be surprised at what a difference that makes. It's Um, beautiful. Yeah, if you if you really need to go undercover, then just, you know, do something that symbolizes it. I mean, you know, I know there's some people in the community that have actually done like sun tree tattoos, but they're, mm-hmm. you know, in places where they're under their clothes, right? So Right. Uh, you won't see them unless unless some unless you know, you decide you want somebody to see them. And the sim- that particular symbol is not a very recognizable one either. It's not one like that people are going to notice, like a cross or something like that. So right, if you ever right. were asked about Although, it, it's the, a cool the... nature. Like, look, it's oh, isn't it cool? It's like the uh-huh. sun and a tree and like, I just, you know, I like nature. You know, you, you've got a, a backup if you need to. Uh-huh. So... Yeah, the the challenge is that it is a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. There have been times when I've, you know, when the pendant has been out for one reason or another, and people are always like, oh, that's cool. What's that symbol? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I have to sort of titrate, okay, how much information am I going to share mm-hmm. about this, depending on who the person is and what the circumstances are and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So So let's talk for a second about the other things Having made your decision about what you're, how you're going to negotiate these places where you rub up against other traditions and expectations. Mm-hmm. Now let's just talk about the holiday season. And we've already alluded to the whole sugar and alcohol situation. Things that you can do to take care of yourself at this time of year, kind of keep your mood up and you know, stay focused on what's beautiful about this time of year, because there is a lot of beauty in, in this season. Yeah. Well, again, it's going to depend so much on what are the pieces that are really meaningful 
to you, right? Yeah. But if you can, do take some moments and try and set aside some time to do the things that really do matter to you this time of year, right? Mm -hmm. I know for me, the the couch with my big warm drink and a book and the cat sitting on my lap, you know, that's something that is is really, really feeding. And so just making sure to, you know, life is busy. You might even have to literally put it in the calendar. But if you need to, sketch, literally schedule that time to do those things that are meaningful to you this time of year. Yeah, yeah. It's funny you mentioned that. The latest post on the blog that I wrote is called Cozy. Oh, nice. And, it, and it's, it's just about that, about, you know, taking advantage of this cold, dark time to, you know, get cozy and have that warm beverage and, you know, read a book or listen to music or whatever it is. Yeah. And time for yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the things that this time of year tends to be is incredibly social. Mm -hmm. And that can be really draining for many of us. Yeah. You know, for some of us, you know, the social interaction is energizing. It's feeding to them. But for many, it's like, wow, that sure takes it out of me to have to be on in that way. Yeah. It was lovely, but I am exhausted. Yes. So now I'm going to go into a room by myself and you're not going to see me for a couple of hours (laughs) and that's how it's going to work. Right. And, and that is a perfectly legitimate expectation. However busy the season is, you have a right to care for yourself in that way or whatever way seems, seems necessary. If you want to sit outside in, in the dark, look at the night sky you know, mm-hmm. get bundled up. Um, Which the Geminids you know, are the happening right now, by the way. Yes, they are. Yeah, so, the Geminid meteor shower is happening. It should peak on um, the 13th to 14th, but you should still be able to see it about a week ahead of time and, and afterwards as well. So if you don't uh-huh. get it out that exact night, don't worry. And you always have a chance every night, any random night to see it anyways, providing, uh-huh. provided it's not cloudy. And let so let me see. We are in waning crescent right now. The twelfth. It'll be pretty dark. Yeah, the twelfth is the, the new moon, moon, I believe. So yeah, this should be okay, a great so be year good for and it. Dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, great. One of the best meteor showers of the year. Again, uh-huh. if it's not cloudy, that's right. right. That's the tricky part, but yeah. So if you want an opportunity to bundle up, <laughs> um bundle up with bring the sleeping bag with you maybe depending on your climate for us it's cold here going out in the middle of the night in the middle of december i believe it i I bet it's really cold for us it's in the low 30s sometimes dipping below freezing but it, it won't get down into the 20s until late january that's that's yeah. when the real cold hits we're teens yeah. every night Sometimes we've been wow. already been in the single digits. So that's cold. It's really cold. Yeah. But if we get cloud cover, it actually kind of keeps it a little bit warmer. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. With that insulating effect. 
But anyways, talking about getting that a little bit of time for yourself and speaking to the parents if you've got kiddos, you know, maybe give yourself some grace and let them have a little bit more of the screen than you normally would so that you can you can take those moments that you need for yourself and go, it's, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect right now. You're going to be a better you if you've gotten a chance to take care of yourself you know, or, or whatever yeah. the situation is for you, every family is going to be different. Every situation is going to be different, but, but, you know, give yourself some permission to do the things that you need to do for yourself, whatever right. that, whatever that is. And don't forget about those seasonal traditions that you really enjoy. If you like making a wreath, well, make mm -hmm. sure that there's time and opportunity to make a wreath whether it's by yourself or with your family or however or friends or however that works you know if i mean it's we're, we're already well into it now but if you like doing sort of an adventy kind of thing mm -hmm. there's instructions for an ethiopian advent calendar on the blog mm -hmm. and you can you know you can make one of those and there's lots of secular it's ones available too yeah. there are yeah mm -hmm. yeah and then there's ones that are filled with chocolate. Yeah, if you get late, if you get started late, you could just kind of catch up. <laughs> of yeah. course, we were talking about being careful with the sugar there. <laughs> right, um, right. That's another thing that you can really do to take care of yourself, even if you're going to indulge in the cookies and the mulled wine and you know whatever it is. Do make sure that you're eating the stuff that helps you to feel well. Yeah, you know, get that protein. Eat eat you know eat those vegetables whatever it is that that makes you feel solid and nourished and not with that sort of shaky edge of of sugar mm -hmm. rush and do that and consider what strategies you need to help you with that right some people can have those sweets in the house and not touch them i'm not one of those mm -hmm. people right if uh, I have cookies, I'm going to eat those cookies, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, I know I just can't, if I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do Christmas cookies when we go over to grandma, well, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to bring any of those home. I'm not going to have any at my house ahead of time so that I can do that, right? And each person is going to be different, right? Some people are abstainers. If you are, great. If you're not, that's okay. You don't have to beat yourself up. Just structure, set yourself up for success ahead of time. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, and, and you can do that in a broader context as well. Like what I do, for example, is I just acknowledge that late November into December, there's going to be some drinking going on. Mm-hmm. But after my birthday on January 3rd, I just stop and I do my spring fast until the spring equinox. Mm -hmm. I just don't drink at all. So, you know, it's a way to give my liver a break and, you know, to get out of, make sure that it's not a habitual thing. You know, right. That, like, okay, it's, it's six o'clock. It's time to have a glass of something. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be my life. So. Well, and let's oh, remember to come back to that when we get to the spring, because there's a lot of value in, in doing something like that kind of Lent 
you know, or the fast of the giving yeah. something up and occasion, you know, a lot of cultures around the world have periods built in that are fasting of some kind, whether it's, yes, whether it's something like alcohol or whether it is, you know, literally dry fasting or something like that. But that that's a really powerful tool that we should come back and explore because there's a lot of value. Absolutely. In it. Absolutely. I mean, this was an idea that I originally got from John Halstead, who is a leader and writer and non-theist paganism, wrote the foreword to the Ethiopaganism book. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he, he wrote about pagan Lent basically. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I really do think there is value in it, but I'm not going to talk about why. We'll we'll do we'll that come in back. a future <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, we're we're in a different <laughs> season at the moment, but yeah, Lent and Ramadan, and there's a lot of there's a lot of traditions yeah. like that. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. All right. Well, anything else? Any particular things that you, that you like to do to sort of? I mean, it seems sounds like you have it set up in a less stressful way than than it could be since you don't have the well like i i i don't deal with my blood family i have yeah. my my ritual circle who are my chosen family we do a wonderful yule together but we don't exchange gifts mm -hmm. if there were if there were children in the mix i would i would get gifts for them because they're not going to understand some adult rationale for why consumerism is bad <laughs> when all of their friends are getting presents. And, you know, and I wouldn't even try. That would be cruel. Um, but Nemea and I don't do gift giving back and forth either. We we have enough stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, the grownups in our there's... family don't either. If, we, if I find something yeah. that I think they'll like, like I get it for them right sure Th throughout the year sure for the kids though there is yes. something kind of fun about that just some yeah absolutely yeah yeah and so so that that stress is eliminated and that is a huge piece of the pressure that people can feel at this time of year mm -hmm. the financial pressure the shopping pressure the getting people the right thing pressure all all that stuff so that's that's one thing that helps. The other thing is I really seize the season with both hands in terms of ritual practices. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just I like to do the tree and I like to do the Yule log and I like to do the the glue wine, the, the <laughs> German glow wine and, you know, all those different cool things. And we'll the be talking more about meat. this next week, right? Yes, we, yeah. yes, we yeah, absolutely will. Um, Nemea got a wreath a few days ago, and it's you know, and it's it's a it's fur, and it has that incredible mm -hmm. Christmas tree smell, and it's just it's like childhood. You know, you stick your nose into it, and it's like suddenly you're seven years old. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those things are just very wonderful to me, and you know, redecorating my focus to have seasonal elements in it. Um, and even though I'm I'm working very, very hard right now, I'm still aware of what time of year it is and listening to music, a lot of early music, like medieval and Renaissance Christmas music, because mm -hmm. it's in Latin and I, it sounds like nonsense syllables, so I don't have to really get bombarded with the Christianity of it. Mm -hmm. But the harmonies are so beautiful, really very special to listen to. 
Mm. And, you know, it just makes for this really very lovely kind of time that's filled with all these sensual pleasures. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how I like to approach it. Good. Yeah. And we'll definitely, so next week, can't believe already we're going to be doing our solstice episode. So we'll get into more details on that. Some of the specific traditions we do and what that might mean to different people and, you know, all of that good stuff. So. Yep. For sure. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. It's good to have you with us. And we'll see you next week.